welcome to Authentically You podcast, the podcast that dives deep into a transformative journey of self-discovery, self-acceptance, and self-expression. I'm your host, Kirsty Hankin, and I'm here to guide you on a path towards embracing your true, unapologetic, authentic self. In this podcast, we'll embark on a quest to uncover the secrets to breaking free from societal expectations, shredding the masks we wear, and stepping into our own power. Each episode will explore the questions and challenges that our listeners face on their personal journeys, providing practical insights and heartfelt advice. But it doesn't stop there. Authentically You podcast goes beyond just answering your questions. We're here to introduce you to a diverse lineup of incredibly knowledgeable professionals who will share their expertise, wisdom, and experiences. We'll bring you thought-provoking interviews that will inspire and empower you. This is Authentically You podcast, unleashing life on your own terms. I'm Kirsty Hankin, and together, let's unlock the power within and live life authentically. Remember, you are not alone on this journey. We're in this together. Hello, and welcome to Authentically You. Thank you so much for being here. We're excited. I can't wait to dive into um, this beautiful character who is Lisa Karasek. Thank you. Four-time number one best-selling author, Amazon author, and expert quantum healer, TRE certified facilitator, and certified eating psychology coach. Lisa is able to update her client's stages. Hang on. I've got that all wrong. Starting again. Oh, you did great. (laughs) (laughs) That's <laughs> all right, I can edit the first bit out. Welcome to the show, Lisa Karasek, four-time number one best-selling Amazon author and expert quantum healer, TRE certified facilitator and certified eating psychology coach. Lisa is able to update her client's states of being and assist in healing using ancient multidimensional healing and a holistic metamorphosis an angelic energy healing modality, consciousness-based practices, and TRE, tension and trauma-releasing exercises. Lisa powerfully guides her clients to a healthier, happier, more purposeful life. Lisa is dedicated and passionate about healing her work with the dynamics of self-relationships and believes that the key to the most key to the most mind body spirit diseases and illnesses welcome to the show beautiful lisa thank you so much for being here oh thank you chris kirsty thank you so much for having me thank you so much for the invitation and the opportunity it is my pleasure to be here oh that's so lovely for you to say thank you so much (laughs) we really want to dive in i know you've got lots to tell us and lots to share um where did it all begin for your authentically you journey tell us where it started and how you got there tell us everything <laughs> well um it started in my late 30s um with my first run-in with a really bad if you what experts would call a life-changing situation <laughs> mm-hmm. um I owned a business. I had a storefront. It was a wellness center and spa. I had 15 employees, you know, brick, brick front, you know, the whole, the whole bit. Um, I had someone come in as a consultant to assist me with my business. What wound up happening was they stole my identity, sold my business out from under my nose. Um, I went from having $100,000 in the bank one day to being homeless and $4 cash in my pocket the next with absolutely nothing in my name, not even a business anymore. Oh my God. And then right behind that, I somehow gained a stalker that stalked me for nine years, hunted me in the streets, 
I was not safe. I needed to pl place escorts for three years to leave the house. Um, I know way too much about the court system than I ever wanted to know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and the FBI, you know, came to me with questions about them. <laughs> wow. And then I've just, I, I went solo for a couple of years after that, obviously that's a little yeah. hard to recover. Um, and then after that, the next relationship I got into wound up being um, my first experience with a textbook narcissist. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've had a lot of self-discovery, a lot of, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I had to dive deep. <laughs> I can imagine. Cause so you having a wellness center, you were already sort of in the wellness looking after yourself you know doing all the things essentially and mm -hmm. then this comes along and hits you like a ton of bricks mm -hmm. why looking back why do you think that did happen well um we can only help others when we understand yeah mm -hmm. And I was meant to be in service to others. So I had to understand hardship. Mm -hmm. I had to get intimate with it. I had to go through all of the struggles and challenges. I had to learn, like I said, the court system, how women are treated, um, you know, going through the whole process. I, so many processes through it all, <laughs> so many layers I've been through. I had to understand it all on a deeper level than, yeah, most. I hope no one has to, you know, go as deep as I have. I know some have, but yeah, it's truly, um, I don't wish it on anyone. <laughs> but those who have even had any little bits of what I've been through, I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely can support them in mm -hmm. ways that other people can't. Yeah. I would say that <laughs> situation right yeah I didn't really have friends or family through any of it I was yeah. dropped I didn't have a support system in place I really literally had to become the person I needed through this journey yeah what an incredible journey and like you said I don't wish it on anyone but you're obviously the one that has meant to be doing this because you have come out the other side and you have grown and you've got the strength to get through it what would you say to someone that you know is in any any part of that that you have been through where do they where do they go what how do they get started to move out of it um well when you're in it I mean let's just pick domestic violence okay mm -hmm. intimate partner abuse um whatever you want to call it you know the here in the united states we call them either restraining orders or peace orders it okay. depends they're called one or the other the uh depending upon the marital status you are if you're married or single oh, okay. you're just dating the person or if you're married with children so and it goes and it's different from state to state also. So you have to know your state laws um, and who is going to help you and, and all that kind of stuff. So I I forgot your question actually. How does someone? Don't worry, I do that all the time. <laughs> I'm like someone gross in something, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I think I know, but I want to make sure I get it right. <laughs> How can someone move or take like the first step of getting out of a situation like that? So when it comes to the domestic abuse, the first thing you need to do, I would recommend documenting. It sounds terrible mm -hmm. and there is so much fear behind that and it feels dirty and it feels wrong and you're afraid you're going to get caught and you're afraid that, you know, like if they find this list, they're going to have more on you to, to take out on you. And you're just, it's, it's fear. But at the same time, if you can keep that small, you know, notebook and pen in your pocketbook and, you know, get a moment to yourself, go into a public restroom or something and just kind of like document 
every instance, every, you know, scenario, if you will, it does empower you. Um, because you know, at some point you're going to get to use that at some point, someone's going to look at this list and say, oh yeah, you need help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was the advice I was given by the police. And at some point it did come in handy. Unfortunately for me, the state that I was living in at the time had no laws for what would be considered the plaintiff, which is what I was, mm -hmm. um, and basically, I mean, the judge would look him in the face and call him arrogant. And he, the judge knew he was lying and the judge, you know, absolutely believed me and felt for me. And, but I still lost every case because there were no laws to protect me. And so that, that list came in handy, but it still didn't serve me. But in other states, it will. Mm -hmm. And in other ways, it will, like with your therapist and when you're journaling and you're going through your emotions and you need those reminders and you need to just have a day of just being curled up in bed crying and you need to be reminded why, or, you know, like when you get to the point where you're a little past it and you're, you're like feeling good again and something else comes up you can look again, that reminder mm -hmm. helps make sure you don't make the same choices or the same mistakes. Next time you need to remember the flags. You, you need to remember, Oh yeah, I don't want that. Oh yeah. That's yeah. I, I recognize that now for what that is. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to associate that with that anymore. I'm going to say no to that this time. It helps you prevent mistakes again. Yeah even though that's a hard one to hold on to, to want, but yeah, that would definitely be step one is to make the list. It's going to serve you in some way, somehow at some point. I really like that idea. And the fact that um, in my mind, I haven't been through this, but writing a list, it also would eventually sort of give you strength that you're not being silly if that's the right way to right, say it it's like mm -hmm. you created this one thing after another after another after another and having physically writing it down you can look back at it and go yes okay it's not me you may not mm -hmm. have looked at the time but there may be a time that it comes it's not actually me this mm -hmm. is this is wrong where if you're not yeah. writing a list you can sort of pass it off and like um, you know I'm yeah not, it, you need to make it real you need yeah. to make it real. And then I also noticed in time that I could recognize other women expressing the same sort of language, using the same sort of language or ex expressing the same sort of behavior. And I was able to recognize for them mm -hmm. and offer something to them as wow. a result. So, Yeah. And then I'm a writer, so I was able to turn them into topics and content and, you know, that kind of thing, blogs, motivational yeah. <laughs> speeches, um, all kinds of stuff. I was able to use the material eventually, years later, like a decade <laughs> later. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's incredible to be able to share your knowledge with the world and because like we were saying earlier it's quite easy to hide and be ashamed I guess of, of a situation like that and not really knowing anything but to see people stepping out and talking about it gives you strength as well yeah like I said I actually lost friends through it because I actually had one of them tell me I thought you were stronger than that I can't be friends with you and I was blown away I was like <laughs> but yeah I mean that one hit hard but for the most part what you're talking about the shame I left a lot of social circles I left a lot of because I just couldn't deal with people knowing what I went through and then I would meet someone you know from that circle like 10 years later and they're like I had no idea you were going through that had I known I would have helped you you know so it went both ways for me it was weird um but yeah, I had a little bit of both. Wow. 
So tell us a bit about, tell us more about your stalker, because I know there's different um, stages of stalking as well. Yours is obviously sounds very uh, different to the ones that I have heard of. So recently my uh, a family member has been, she's a, a teenager at school and she has been, um, hmm, kept being looked at persons yeah. trying to contact her through social media and things like that making her feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. um, which is still not not good mm -hmm. enough you know if you're feeling uncomfortable no. it's not acceptable yeah. yeah yeah so tell us a little bit more about your experience yeah mine was a little more high level than mm -hmm. that um lucky me <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's it was a coworker that we met at work, so I actually knew the person. It wasn't a stranger, yeah. But it started immediately, and I left the job and that sort of thing. But it started with just harassment, um, like meeting me out front of the house or at the car. Like I remember one time I pulled over to get gas. And they were sitting there at the gas station. Like they knew, like they were just sitting there watching yeah. me. Um, then it escalated to like hunting me. Um, I would catch them following me around. Yeah. So at, at some point I need, like I said, it's for three whole years, I needed a, a police escort to leave my house. Um, I, because of the experience previous to that with losing everything, I was in my, you know, I was practically 40 at that point and I was back in with my parents because I had lost everything mm. and at this point I was glad to be there because I needed to be safe because he had begun hunting me in the streets yeah. um, but he started showing up there um, he would mail things to the house um, at one point I was receiving anywhere from 100 to 500 texts and or phone calls a day from him. I, over the course of two years, I changed. I went through every phone carrier, trying to get them blocked, whatever. Um, yeah. I changed my new phone number like four or five times, changed my email address a bunch, even had to have my IP address changed a couple of times because I kept getting hacked. So he was high end. He knew how to hack everything. And then um, I became, <clears throat> sorry, I need to <clears throat> grab water <clears throat> as I spill it. <clears throat> um, um, then I learned I became a victim of revenge porn. He actually um, was giving out my contact information and I was getting solicitations I went to the local university um, where they practice, you know, taught law, and I I qualified to be um, a pro bono case. And the student lawyers took on my case for a semester. And the time that they worked on my case, they were able to disable, if that's the right word, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, have removed from the internet over 100 different porn sites that had my face and name and contact information on that obviously were not real yeah so yeah high end very high end so uh -huh. how was he being how was he able to do this for so long without I have no idea I have no I have no idea so what was like what I was said the, the state I lived in at that point they didn't have laws protecting women but they would give you police escort. Yeah, because they recognized that I was calling them daily for being like harassed, assaulted. Yeah. Inside the courthouse one time, he assaulted me in the courtroom. And I still okay. wasn't protected. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so to go to your question, you know, the ultimate goal of this interview is how did how my journey to authenticity. So it started with anger, yeah. anger at the system, anger at them. How do you do this to somebody? You know, why me? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, in my late thirties, early forties, I really got angry yeah. and I needed to become the person I needed because I wasn't getting support from the systems. I wasn't getting support from friends and family. Like I said, I lost my social circles. I lost, you know, like, I mean, I had anger <laughs> and I didn't want to be angry because I know I'm not an angry person. Mm-hmm. And I had to figure out how to let go of the anger. And that's really why it all began. And there are many different things that I did to start that journey. And I still have to continue to work on it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a genius journey, isn't it? It's continuing. It really is. It's just one thing open, like you sort of heal one thing and another thing opens up for you to delve into and investigate even more. Yeah. Um, what an incredible journey. Like now, now looking back at it, how do you feel about it? Uh, you know, you do get to a point where you have to thank them. Yeah. Um, not that I am in gratitude for. No. <laughs> But I have a different sort of appreciation for, and I am thankful for everything they have given me because like you use the word strength, strong, it has made me such a strong, you know, so much of a stronger person um, measure. I have bad days now and I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) oh my God, (laughs) (laughs) what used to take me like a month to get over like somebody saying something mean to me I can like get over in like two minutes now (laughs) but um you know I mean I'm still a girl I have my days you know I have my emotional days I still you know I still want to be held and you know but yeah I I have resiliency is probably the word yeah um and that's what I can help people with now I, I I have a lot I have figured out a lot of tools how to use them, why, when, you know, that sort of thing. So, but I'm mine glad, was- I'm glad you touched on anger. the fact that you still have bad days because it is very, oh, God, yeah. even when you're on this incredible journey and the tough journey that you're on, people expect you to be, so, or some people sort of expect it to be this, this magical journey. It's not, it's rough, it's tough, and you still have bad days, right? And it's still important to- Except those. Well, it's the PTSD, you know. Um, I, I've i learned so much from them, but the trauma triggers, the trauma response is still there. And as I go into new relationships and I try really hard to be conscious and aware of what my triggers are, it's learning because every time I date somebody new, and I'm in my fifties at this point. So <laughs> you would think practicing relationships is supposed to get easier, right? Well, mm-hmm. I feel like for me, it gets harder, but I, I have all of that self-doubt I have. And that, like I said, the third was the narcissist. So I have all that stuff, like things come up now and I start questioning myself. I start doubting myself. I get a little insecure, um, you know, and that real fear is there. I've, I tried it once and I would look what I got yeah. for it. You know, like, I mean, that's hard. So, yeah, I go through all of that now. I cycle through, I mean, if the guys who want to date me now, who <laughs> I need a lot of emotional support, a lot. Yeah. I'm very tender, very sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm struggling. <laughs> but I'm strong. So yeah. yeah, if they try to cross me, like the whole thing, like three chances and stuff, like, I don't know. I don't know if I can give that many anymore. I'm tough. It's strength, but it's tough, yeah. but it's, it's tender too. Yeah. I know. So if you need to give them three chances, they're not your man. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. No, there's no three exactly. chances. It's just, you yeah. know, um, yeah, and, you know, every new guy, you know, I see something else. I'm like, oh, I need to work on that one. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing up another trigger. Okay, let me work on that one next. You know, like it's, but I stay with dating because I know I deserve someone who's going to be right for me. Mm-hmm. He's out there. Somewhere. He's out there. <laughs> He's out there. He's out there. Um. So 
where would you I know you've already told us where, where to sort of start with the um abusive relationships how do you and you also mentioned that you know the wording that people say or the way that people speak when they're in a sort of relationship like that how do you approach those people to give them help and are they words that you know that they're ready for help and what do people do so many questions sorry when they don't know they need the help they're not they're not quite there so if it's like something I see in public like if I'm at the grocery store or something you know like I will casually ask you know I I kind of monitor observe the situation make sure that you know they're whatever and then I'll casually like walk by and just you know gently ask you know are you okay you know something like that Mm -hmm. I did um take training um I actually volunteered for a support line after I went through everything um and I learned some skills there so I learned how to report you know anonymously and and to look for certain things and speak to these women in these situations so if I'm in public I will ask, you know, kind of like on the side. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I'm in conversations in either social circles or professional settings or something like that, um, like as you mentioned in my bio, my introduction, I now teach tension and trauma releasing exercises. And so I incorporate my story when I'm in front of a class. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I let people know you know, I am someone safe, you can come to, this is what we can do, this is how I can help you in this particular modality, this particular realm. And then because I advertise, I write, you know, I I put a lot of different things out there. And I just, you know, people who need to find me will. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's become purpose-driven. Yeah, I love that. And if it's a friend of a friend kind of a thing, I'm kind of at the point now where people read my stuff enough. I've told my story enough. I tell my story every chance I get, even in new social circles. Like if I go to a new women's group or something, support group or something, I always get up and tell my story. And so sometimes it's a referral, like, oh my God, will you talk to my friend or asking for a friend and I'll give her something to pass on. And you never know if they're actually like saying that yeah. I'm asking for, if it's them or they're, they have yeah. an actual friend, but yeah, I, I, I try to stay as available as possible. Wow, so. incredible. And if anyone is feeling like, well, what, what happens if they aren't 100% sure or haven't realized they're in an abusive relationship and they're just like, oh, this is just how it is. Yeah. What would you say? Or, I don't know. How how can we help those people? That's a tough one. They are very hard to reach um, and it's fear-based for them. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that, that they're not, because with all three of my examples, the the identity thief, the stalker, and the narcissist, all three of them, they make you feel crazy. They make you feel like you can't think right. Mm-hmm. And if you're not thinking right and you are believing them and what you're saying, like they don't even know that they're in a, an abusive relationship, um, there's really nothing you can do because they don't believe it. It's their belief system. The belief system has to crack on their end. They have to be ready if they're not ready. And that's, I talked about that list earlier, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. You can point those things out and say, Hey, I recognize this. Hey, I recognize that, but they're not going to do anything about it until they recognize it in themselves. Mm -hmm. You, you you really, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I mean, it's, It's terrible but that's like kind of how you're not going to be able to heal until you acknowledge that you need to be healed yeah can you touch on the identity theft 
I know you mentioned that it was a consultant that came in to try and help your business, but how can someone identify that that's happening with them? Um, well, that's what the FBI taught me. <laughs> oh. So um, when that all went down, when I realized that my business was sold out from under my nose and the whole bit, I literally was like sitting there like in awe, like, like dumbfounded, like in shock, like, did this really happen to me? Like, I really, like, I was really, it just wasn't clicked in all the way yet. I was still like dumbfounded and <clears throat> my phone happened to ring. I, I honestly think they were watching me. I think yeah. I, I think they had been watching me and waiting for a while because um, how else would they know to call me right at that moment kind of thing? Yeah. That's the only thing I have in my head to, to tell myself now. I mean, they had to have been watching me, but he, I answered the phone and they said, you know, I'm so-and-so from the FBI. I would like to talk to you. And at first, you know, like aside from crapping my pants, yeah. <laughs> I was like, my brain was cognitive enough that I was like, is this a scam? Like what, like, do I answer this person? Do I talk to this person? Is this safe or is this more dangerous? Is this like, yeah. I had to go through that whole like list of questions, but my gut was telling me, yeah. So we set up a time and we had a meeting. And the first thing he told me, he said, we know that you are not his first victim and we already know that you're not his last. And then the next thing they said was, you did not know who he was. They gave you a fake identity. You'll never know his real name. They actually came to me because they were looking for him. And they told me they had been watching me. And that's really when I got angry because I was like, if you knew I was yeah. in danger, why didn't you protect me? If you knew that's not his real name, why didn't you tell me? you saw they stole my business and my bank account and my insurances policies and my everything. And like, <laughs> I was like dumbstruck and then anger Yeah, really started to rage through. <laughs> like, yeah, I can imagine. But um, yeah, he didn't really, he was just like, yeah, we're trying to find him. We're trying to, he's, he, he had done it my assailant if you want to use that word had done it enough times that he knew how to be a step ahead of them always oh my god how I know. this i know i know you probably asked all the questions that you are mm -hmm. there what, really are what, how? what the f i know right <laughs> right oh my god. it's so surreal i feel like my life shouldn't even be real like I don't, sometimes I have to remember that like, yeah, that actually happened to you. Like, yeah, yeah that was real. <laughs> it sounds like some, it's like they say, a fact is stranger than fiction. I, my mind is boggled, absolutely boggled because they were watching you. Mm -hmm. They're not catching. Mm -hmm. Right. So from going from that to then going into the courts for the stalker and them saying, oh, we believe you but there's no law to protect you. You're on your own. I mean, it's just them to alone, you know? And yeah, it was just the whole like quarter, quarter decade was just like, it's, it sounds like it should be fiction. Yeah. It sounds like it should be a book. Lisa, and I feel like you could make a movie of your life. I know. That would be, be, yeah, a blockbuster. Holy moly. I can't believe that. That's so, yeah, just mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. Lisa, how are you right now? I am much better, much better. Because you're saying mind-boggling and we're on Zoom. I don't think the podcast is video, so they're just hearing us, right? But I'm looking at you and I'm seeing how you're like shaking your head and rolling your eyes and you're just like dumbfounded yourself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I do want to share the very first thing that I did after all of that, yeah, I slept for two years. <laughs> I literally slept because I was in such shock and I was so broken down. I slept until I had bed sores. Yeah. 
And when I finally did get up and start moving again, I mean, it took me, I had to practice for weeks how to just walk around the block. I mean, my body was so broken down my body. I couldn't function anymore. I had become amenorrheic. I, my, my everything, you know, my bowels, my everything, like nothing functioned in my body anymore. I had to learn how to do just basic human function stuff again. That's supposed to be second nature. Like my body just shut down completely. And then once my body started getting stronger, I started trying to make myself stronger emotionally and then mentally. And then like, then I was on my way, but it did take sleeping for two years. And then that process of getting my body strong and getting to a mental point total was almost six years where I was not able to financially take care. I couldn't work in those six years. I couldn't, I was completely dependent on my parents again. And like I said, I was almost 40. Yeah. Again, that's my wobbling. What made you get out of bed? Was it because you had the bed sores or did you actually find a little bit of strength within you? I wanted to see the sun. Yeah. I wanted to walk the dog. I wanted to see the sky. (laughs) I just wanted to be outside again. And it wasn't something that you'd wanted before that point? Did you just sort of give up and think? Well, I I remember having a lot of days, like two years worth of thoughts of, I don't think I'm going to commit suicide, but if I stepped outside and walked in front of a bus and it hit me, I think I'd be okay. Yeah. And um, I think because I kept saying, if I stepped outside, I think I talked myself into wanting to be outside (laughs) as deranged and backwards as that sounds. But yeah, I started. um, And then really, I realized at some point, I'm like, you've been laying here for literally years. You've literally been down and out for years. You're in your parent. You're, I was back in the room that I grew up in, in high school. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, you're not even 40. You're barely 40. You need to take care of yourself. You're still alive. Like I realized I needed to get up. Wow. I realized I wasn't dying yet. Yeah. I had, I realized I had no motivation to commit suicide. Yeah. So I better figure it out. <laughs> wow. I mean, I laugh now, but really that's kind of what I went through. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you can laugh now. How was mm-hmm. your, your parents in, the, in that time? Um, uh, I think worried. I think scared, um, very protective. Um, and once the stalking start and he started coming to the house, you know, there was a lot of, a whole lot of protection, yeah. a lot of fear on their end, but, um, you know, they, they knew they just needed to get me strong again. They basically were like, do what you need to do here. Have this here, eat a meal here, yeah. <laughs> sit out front with me here, take a walk with the dog, you know, kind of thing, whatever I needed. They were awesome. Yeah. So do you think you would have got out of bed if it wasn't for them? Like, would you have mentally got to that stage? Or did you need that little bit of support around you? I think the fact that I knew I was, quote unquote, home. Yeah. Helped. Um, Yeah. If I had been like in a halfway house or, a you know, like a center or an institution or something, I... I don't think it would have been the same now, but knowing that I was home and I could hear, you know, people coming and going from the house and visitors and the dogs would come and visit me. And, you know, I think having all of that there yeah, gave me something. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like home, isn't it? It is such a right. safe place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, this has just been the most incredible episode. Like, your story, honestly, could be a blockbuster. Like, that is something that, I I think I'm going to be thinking about this for weeks. 
going, oh my God. I am yeah. so proud of you, Lisa, for getting to where you are now. Like, I don't think a lot of people could have done that. Thank you. Yeah. you. You were meant to have gone through that, unfortunately, but look, geez, look at you now. Like, wow. How right. Yeah, sometimes I don't even remember something. At this point, yeah, I have to I have to look at the books I wrote to remember what I went through yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And if I can do it, they can do it. Exactly. That's that's my message. If if you, if I did it, trust me, you can do it too. <laughs> yeah. And if they're in that situation right now, they can actually get in contact with you can't you they can work with you they mm-hmm. you can help them through mm-hmm. what you're going through at the moment so how can someone get in not get in touch with you how can you what can you do tell us about your services tell them how you can help what what can you offer okay so the last leg of my story are we on a time limit no 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 <laughs> okay last leg of my story is when I started you know, getting out of bed and walking the dog and wanting to be outside again and all that. And I started realizing I'm still alive. You have to figure this out. Um, in the spiritual realm, you know, in the spiritual family, if you will, people realize they feel called. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like, things just started happening. <laughs> I realized that like I was talking to people on the other side. I realized I had visions. I realized I could do things like that, like the whole mystical side, like the whole phenomenal, um, all all of that was happening for me. And I was like, okay, I should figure this out. And I felt called to take classes on spirituality, on intuition development, started receiving energy work. Um, I received energy healing because I really wanted to move past the trauma. I wanted to fast track myself. So I began my healing journey. And while I was doing my healing journey, I was also learning energy work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So it all kind of coincided. (laughs) And, um, so that's what I do now. I realized one of my gifts, probably my biggest gift that I do, that I provide for others is I have a really special, unique skill of being able to see into people's other lifetimes and timelines. So any sort of struggle that you have challenge that you're going through right now, whether it be a symptom or a condition a cycle like mine, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, abuse, you know, health condition, diagnosis. It's present this lifetime because this lifetime you're being given the tools and resources to heal it. But there's a root cause somewhere else. Mm -hmm. It's present now because you've been carrying it with you like a baggage, like luggage across many lifetimes and timelines. And what I discovered is I have the ability to find those root causes in your other lifetimes and timelines. Wow. And when you have a session with me, you learn some really interesting stuff. So I learned that I, for like the last like 3000 years and all of those past lives of mine, I have been enslaved, um, you know, some form of, you know, whatever controlled degraded degraded is that the word i i have trouble with that word um you know shut down shut out you know abused i've been you know tortured across millennia for being special for being a woman Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that was my pattern my cycle so like someone found that pattern for me and started giving me energy healing to overcome, not just heal from, but actually overcome and break the cycle of abuse for me. That's what I do now. I look into your past lives, your other timelines. I find those root causes and I bring the new energy to you in the here and now 
so that you can find that new perspective and want that new energy, want that change and shift for yourself, want that growth, um, want that healing. And then hopefully you too will overcome and break the cycle, no matter what it is. It can be abuse. It could be, I mean, like whatever, Mm -hmm. but that's how I help people now. That's incredible. And when you've healed that, it doesn't go on to, you've broken the loop, right? So it should not continue on into my next incarnations. That's the idea. I'm ready to be a healthy woman. Yes. (laughs) With healthy relationships and get what I deserve, which is love. Yeah. Pure, pure love. I love that. Yes. Um, So I'll put in the show notes how to get in contact with you. Um, And I understand you have a lovely, beautiful freebie for the audience. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So I offer a service called a guided journey and they're unique and tailored. They can be anywhere from like 20 to 40 minutes. It's not a guided meditation. Not that meditation isn't awesome, but when you go on a guided journey with me and it's because I have the gifts that I do of being able to tap into past lives and ancestral history and that sort of thing, the ancestors like to come and visit us during our guided journeys. So when you go on a guided journey with me, you meet your spirit guides, your divine team, and you receive gifts for healing and it's an experience for you. And then we actually do healing. Wow. And normally I charge $75 for this roughly 30 minute service, but yeah, I would offer, um, offer something similar to this for our listeners, yes. Oh my um, gosh, that's incredible. That is incredible. Wow. So I'll offer a complimentary guided journey for the first four people who contact me, letting me know that they heard me on your show. And then um, every anyone, everyone else who would like to receive something, um, a guided journey, I will give them 10% off. Oh my gosh. Lisa, that's incredible. That is so amazing. People, talk it in now. Like, get me the first board. Jump on board. That sounds so incredible. What an amazing gift, Lisa. Thank you so much for that. That is absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Um, yeah. Again, blowing my mind today. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, when you go through something big, you know, it's for a big reason. It's for a big purpose. Oh, so, the, yeah, that's a big purpose. So the last thing I've got is four fun questions for you. The okay. first question is, if authenticity were a color, what color would it be for you and why? I'm going to say red. Red? Red is associated with the root chakra and it is the I am power. Nice. So, yeah. That links in perfectly. I love that. <laughs> if you could be an animal to express your true self, which animal would you choose and how does it represent you? Hmm. An animal. Um, I've always felt special with uh squirrels so mm-hmm. don't laugh so i these questions are not pre you know she kirsty did not give me these questions ahead of time so you know immediately my brain jumped to you know spirit animals totem animals you know all that stuff spiritually that you you know dream animal you know all that stuff. Yeah. but but no squirrels because i like squirrels because the whole like they're spastic and they they hide but they're smart and they kind of got gumption they kind of like get in your face and they're like yeah give to me yeah Um, so I think that kind of speaks to me and they also have that little bit of like oh shiny and they run for it kind of stuff (laughs) they're very distracted (laughs) I think that suits me well too (laughs) I like that Lisa that is so cool (laughs) Okay, if you had a magic wand and everyone in the world had to follow one ruling you create, what would it be? Oh, step into your truth. No question about that at all. 
No question. Step into your truth. (laughs) Love it. Love it. And the last thing is last words. Lisa, it's over to you. What last words would you like to um, let the audience know about? Is there anything coming through that you feel is really important that they need to hear? What would you like to say? You're not dead yet. <laughs> you you you've got to try. You know you're you're here for a reason, um, and you got to figure out what that is. And it's not always easy, but you got to try. Yeah. You, you just you have to to get up and you have to you have to try. You have to look at yourself as if you were an observer in the room with you. And hold that compassion for yourself and say, you're still there. So what, what more can you do? What can you do next? What, what can you do? You're here. You got to find that strength somewhere. Yeah. Find the strength. I love that. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. Last words. Oh, thank you. I found this episode very special, Lisa. I can't imagine what you have been through. I can imagine, but it's nothing compared to what it actually was, I'm sure. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your story and thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for going through what you went through so that you can help others. Thank you. I don't think anyone's ever said that to me before. That kind of hit. Thank you. Feels good. Thank you. It's yeah. nice to be witnessed. Yes, exactly. You've seen. Yeah, you've seen. Oh, thank you. That's okay. Everyone else, I hope you took away some beautiful stuff from this episode. I am looking forward to seeing you in the next, seeing you talking with the next guest. Catch us next time and make sure you jump on board and get the freebie that Lisa is offering. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Authentically You podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and gained some valuable insights. If you'd like to stay connected with us, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and follow us on social media. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Kirsty Impact Coach or become authentically you on the Facebook group. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feedback and ideas for future episodes. Feel free to drop us a message or leave a review. Your input means the world to us as we continue to grow and improve. Remember, living authentically is a journey and we're so glad and grateful to have you with us on this path of self-discovery and personal growth. Until next time, always remember to be true to yourself, embrace your uniqueness, and live life unapologetically, because you are truly remarkable just the way you are. This is Kirsty, signing off on the Authentically You podcast. Take care and keep shining bright.